Today is the great feast of Pentecost. Uh, it is uh, one of the 12 great feasts and one of, that is particularly important to us here at St. John's, it being the anniversary of our very first liturgy. Uh, I think this is probably the 17th Pentecost, if I've got my figures right, that we have celebrated together uh, by the grace of our God. Uh, the, so I wanted to speak to you today on Pentecost about the Holy Spirit, or about spirituality, uh, as, is, as it's kind of more generally understood in our society. Uh, and I don't want to, by that, by that, to denigrate the search for spirituality. Uh, we need something beyond the material. We need that, and we recognize that. That's where the, this, this, this thirst for spirituality comes from. And people seek it in various, various places and in various different ways. They go for walks in nature. They uh, read, read books or watch movies. Occasionally, they'll play video games to search for spirituality. I haven't had a whole lot of success with that one myself. But uh, um, uh, sometimes in our brokenness, we will go, go to uh, spirits, as in alcohol, uh, for, uh, for, well, just to escape the materiality and the brokenness of the world around us. Uh, Paul actually recommends against that one, saying, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this, this search for spirituality, this search for something higher, something more meaningful in the daily grind of everyday life, is something that is universal amongst us. Uh, and as I say, it's, it's, it's a thirst. It's something that, uh, that we need to recognize and honor, and that Christ himself recognized and honored uh, as we see in the gospel reading and ultimately in the epistle reading as well as Christ sends the Holy Spirit upon us, his church. So let's take a look at, so as Christians, we understand the search for spirituality slightly differently. Uh, perhaps the best summary would be uh, St. Seraph of Sarov, who says, acquire the Holy Spirit and thousands around you would be saved. Will be saved. Uh, it's it's a little more specific uh, in terms of how we engage with the Spirit of God, because our spirituality un we understand that God is Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth, and that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and in particular, the Holy Spirit is that which we need for life, for that fullness of life that Christ talks about in his teachings. And so here uh, in the gospel reading, we have Jesus uh, saying, um, hang on a sec, let me just find it here. Uh, on, the, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And here we come to one of the, um, uh, well, limitations, shall we say, of our uh, gospel, uh, of our practice of reading pericopes, little bits cut out of the gospel uh, for uh, the Sunday reading. Because in order to understand this, verse, this very first opening verse of this pericope, uh, we need to understand the larger context. So if we back up uh, in this chapter of John, 
uh, John chapter 7, uh, it, we see that the feast in question, this where, where Jesus is standing up on the last day of the feast, the feast in question is the feast of booths or the feast of tabernacles. Uh, and this was one of the three great Jewish feasts, Pentecost being one of them, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles being another, was a great harvest feast. Uh, and the, 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 probably the best way to imagine it, if any of you have uh, an experience of camp, is everybody going out and camping. Uh, because it was a, uh, it was a commemoration of the time when the children of Israel were, uh, were basically camping out in the wilderness as they were go- going to the promised land. And so uh, the, the practice was that you would, you, you would like build yourself this little booth, this little tent, uh, 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 and this little tabernacle, uh, and you'd stay there for the eight days of this feast. Uh, and then there were, there were a couple of really important, significant events at the end of this feast, at least as it was practiced at the time of our Lord. Um, one of which was they would take water and wine and pour it out before the altar as a purification and as a remembrance of the water coming out of the rock. That, that uh, If you remember the story, uh, Moses was leading, of course, the children of Israel through the wilderness, uh, and they were, they were thirsty. There was nothing to drink. It's the middle of the desert. And uh, there's a rock there. God tells Moses to hit the rock with a staff. Actually, he tells him twice. First time was hit the rock with a staff. Second time was don't. And Moses did. And that was a problem. But anyhow, it's another story. Uh, and, and Moses hits the rock with a staff. And out of the rock comes water. The, this, this, uh, and, and all of the children of Israel were able to drink from this water that came out of the rock. Uh, and and so uh, this was one of the two great things at the end of the feast. The other was uh, the lighting of great lamps in the temple, uh, which Jesus also refers to at the end of this reading. Um, so he says, at the end of the feast, the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stands up and says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we have one of these little editorial interp- uh, interpretations here, very rare actually, uh, but, but uh, that, that kind of John is sticking in here uh, to say, so when Jesus is saying this, uh, he's saying that this about the Holy Spirit. That, but which hadn't come yet, because uh, Jesus had not yet been glorified, which in John's gospel is, very, is, a, is a reference to Jesus being lifted up on the cross and crucified and dying and then raising from the dead. That, that whole thing is the glorification of Christ. Um, so Jesus had not yet been glorified, so the Spirit hadn't come, but Jesus was saying, if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. As the scripture says, he, uh, out of his heart, if anyone believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now here, this is interesting to me uh, as, a, as a student of the scriptures, because one of the things that's stuck with me for, for many years is that we, we, we have this tendency to think about the prophecies as, okay, here's the verse 
and here's the correlation. Uh, here's, here's this verse, and here's this correlation. And, and indeed, sometimes you get that kind of immediate, instant correlation, verse by verse. Uh, but that's not how Jesus or the apostles generally refer to Scripture. They refer to Scripture actually far more generally. Uh, and if you, if you look, uh, I don't think there's a verse that quite exactly corresponds with this, but there are significant uh, um, patterns and things that you can see in the stories that you read in Scripture that Jesus is drawing on here. To understand this, uh, and to understand the context of this, uh, we might need to jump forward a little bit to when the Spirit does come, which is, of course, in uh, Acts chapter 2, where the, we, which we just heard in the epistle reading for, the, for today. So, the, 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 Jesus, when after his glorification, uh, he ascended into heaven, and just before he ascends, into heaven, he tells his disciples, go into Jerusalem and wait there. Wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so they do. They go into Jerusalem and they wait, and there's like 120 of them in this upper room, and they're all praying. And then there's this sound of, as, of, as of a mighty rushing wind, and tongues of fire appear in everybody's head. Fortunately, they don't have automatic sprinkler systems. Uh, and they, they, uh, they all rush out into the street. All these men who were hiding out in fact, whenever Jesus came, as, as I said a couple of weeks ago, when, whenever Jesus came after his resurrection and found them, they found them in locked rooms. Kind of had to phase through the door or something to, 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 to come to them because they were just, they were totally scared. They, they, they'd just come for Jesus. They just crucified Jesus and they just killed him. So they knew they were next, right? Uh, so they were hiding out. So here they're, they're not exactly hiding out anymore, but they're still not out there in public talking about Jesus. And part of that is just they're doing what Jesus told them to do, right? Uh, and, and now these men, inspired by the Holy Spirit, rush out into the streets and just start talking about the mighty works of God that he did through Jesus. And the, all of the Jews who were there, and they were now there for the Feast of Pentecost, which, uh, and, and, which was after Passover, the really great feast, uh, and uh, 50 days after Passover, to be precise. Uh, and and they, they hear the disciples talking in their own dialect, their own tongues. There was the, 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 the punishment of Babel had been reversed uh, and, and everyone was able to hear and understand the words that the apostles were teaching, te speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's where that pericope cuts off. Uh, but it's important, I think, to go a little further here. Because in Peter's sermon, he says, he stands up, uh, and, and, uh, and again, I, I just love the frankness of the Gospels. Uh, the, there's all sorts of reactions from the crowd. The crowd, uh, the crowd is saying, oh, yeah, what's going on here? And some of them are saying, oh, they're all drunk. <laughs> so, so Peter gets up, and he addresses this, and he says, um, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, that this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. It's early in the morning. The taverns aren't even open. Um, but this is what is spoke, was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
and it shall come to day, come to pass in the last days, says, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and crucified and put to death, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. And, and uh, the, the, uh, the people standing by, hearing these words uh, that are inspired by the Holy Spirit are themselves cut to the heart because they recognize they have just crucified the Messiah. And, and they, so they, their, 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 their response is, what do we do? And, and, Jesus, and Peter says to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins. And 3,000 were added to the number of the church that very day. 3,000 baptisms. Apostles were probably a little bit tired uh, after all that. Uh, so, so that's that's the that's the sort of future context of this gospel reading. This is what Jesus is talking about. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. For out of him shall flow rivers of living water. That refreshment, that 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 renewal, that that meaning that we are all seeking was precisely what flowed out of the apostles at that point in time. More to the point, the, 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 the prophecy that, Peter, that you heard Peter read, if you were here last night for the Old Testament readings, the Old Testament readings make it very clear that in the Old Testament, in the Old Dispensation, if you will, uh, the, the, the way that the Holy Spirit came upon the people of God was through various select leaders, whether that be kings or the elders of the people, the 70 elders whom, whom, whom uh, uh, Moses uh, lays hands on and prays over, and, and they receive the Holy Spirit and they prophesy. Uh, it was a very limited edition kind of, uh, of distribution of the Holy Spirit. Uh, where, but what Joel is talking about is that this coming of the Holy Spirit was not simply going to be on, uh, on individuals, but on every individual, on the nation as a whole. And so I think it's, it's significant that Jesus is talking about this at the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is a celebration of the nation as they were moving through the wilderness. Uh, and everybody was in a little tabernacle, and the Ark of God was in the tabernacle. And, and that's ultimately what, the, in, in some respects, that's a manifestation of the fulfillment of this. That the Holy Spirit, this source of life and meaning and goodness and joy, was, uh, was uh, and, and, and most importantly, the knowledge of God, was not coming simply upon 
the leaders. It was not coming simply upon the one tabernacle in the center of the people. It was going to come on everybody who listened to and heard and obeyed the words and the teachings of Jesus Christ. And so it happened. So it is happening. As we ourselves listen to and obey the teachings of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ, we find our lives are full of purpose, full of meaning. I mean, let's be frank, that's not all of us all the time. <laughs> this is why St. Seraphim Mitzrayim says, acquire the Holy Spirit, acquire the spirit of holiness, and thousands around you will be saved. There's a work involved here. We actually have to do the things that Jesus tells us to do. We actually have to take his teachings and put them into practice. But the thing is, when we do that, we find suddenly that all, these, all this meaningless drudgery of life is imbued with life and meaning and, 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 and purpose. Because even our work, daily work, you know, what are we doing if we're following the teachings of Christ? We're not working for our annoying employer. We're working for the Lord. That should give our work, however mundane it may be, a new meaning and purpose as we engage in it. And this is the result of the Spirit of God at work in us as we obey Christ, as we embrace his teaching. More than that, we do need times of refreshment. Uh, we do need this uh, um, a break, if you will, from the, 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 the world which tends to beat us down and, and get us down and we see all this brokenness. We see our own brokenness in the world and it's just really kind of depressing. <laughs> and, and, and here, if we look at the apostles' teaching, the apostle makes it clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and again, I think this, this fits in very, very clearly with what, um, uh, with the context of the gospel reading that we just heard. He says uh, that, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. And he's speaking here to Jews and Gentiles. He's under the understanding of the churches that these are our fathers. They all uh, were under the cloud. They all passed through the sea, that is the Red Sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food, the manna that came from heaven. And all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. And what is Paul talking about in this section? He's talking about communion. Little, little, little further down, he says, you know, the cup of blessing, which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. As we come together, week by week, we come together beaten down. 
We come together broken. We come together in this state which the world, you know, as we participate in it, it's kind of the natural state that, that of the world. And we are in the world. We're not of the world, but we are in the world. And so every week we come out of the world. We come here. We step through these doors into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven. And we come and we approach and we take of that spiritual bread, which is Christ. We partake of that spiritual water and wine, which is the water and wine of the Holy Spirit flowing from the side of Christ, the spiritual rock that followed the children of Israel and provided for them in the wilderness. This is the reality that we are incorporated into. This is what gives us the strength to carry on and what imbues our lives with meaning and purpose and joy and love. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit that God has so richly poured out upon us and that we seek and we find occasionally in walks in nature or meditation or prayer or, 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 or books or, 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 or really good movies where we see, we catch glimpses of the truth because that's what we want. That's what we need. The truth that is the reality, the source of reality itself, our God and our Savior and our Creator, Jesus Christ. And so, as we come forward for the Holy Eucharist, let us give thanks. And let us receive the gift of the body of Christ, becoming through that, through what we eat, and through what we see, receive, the one Spirit of God, together, the body of Christ. That we might go out into the world and be light and life to the world around us. Through his, to his and through his glory, the glory of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and ever into ages of ages.